Welcome to Players Talk Business Podcast with your host, Darius Jackson, Kayvon Frazier. Man, it feels good to be back. It's been a couple weeks. We back in the studio. Back at it. Man, so many things have happened. Uh, Sports-wise, NFL draft, NBA playoffs, which are yep. fire. Steph yep. and LeBron tonight. Uh, another bank closed or got bought. Uh, there's a lot of different topics that we can talk about, but we got a dope, 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 dope guest in the house today. Uh, dope, dope, dope. The man is... Uh, the man is dynamic. That's the perfect word. The man is dynamic. We definitely got a history together. He's a California native. He's a former Texas Longhorn, former Dallas Cowboy, most recently with the Tennessee Titans. We got Jeff Swain in the house. What's good with you, bro? What's up, man? Thanks for man, I appreciate you coming, bro. No, I, yeah. I, uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. We've had a lot of, like, over the years, man, we've had a lot of, like, these conversations. And so kind of putting it out there has been It'll be cool, man. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, I miss our gym conversations. I mean, when I was still training and playing, yeah. that was probably the highlight of my day, bro. Yeah. Like, we get it in, but during during the sets, bro, we would have so many dynamic and conversations. Then a, a set takes another 12 minutes because I, <laughs> oh, I got you in the corner <laughs> yelling at you about something. <laughs> we, we outside running sprints, and we about to leave, and we in the parking lot. Just, right. Oh, we're just chopping <laughs> it up for, the, for another Just hour. playing on blocking <laughs> off three hours of your morning because yeah. that's what it's going to take, yeah, bro. for sure. But, I mean, but before we went live, not going to lie. So usually, you know, we I, I want to catch up with your life, which we will. But honestly, before we went live, we were just having a dope conversation. I think we just need to pick up from there. Yeah. I know you had a question for Kayvon, bro. So let's just bust it wide open, bro. Okay. So we've been talking about, like, what our obligation is to speak on, like, a wide variety of topics if you're going to speak publicly publicly about something. And so mm -hmm. I kind of want you mentioned – I'll let you say it how you said it, but yeah. I was—I wanted you to expand on that thought you had prior. If you want, yeah. To so one thing I was saying is like, you know, your values shouldn't be private, right? You know, you—you you should be demonstrating your values based off how you act, what you talk about, um, you know, and how you go about business or whatever you do in your daily life. Um, and I know we were speaking on LeBron James specifically. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I fuck with LeBron. I fuck with what. Well, he hold on, you for. fuck with LeBron. No, I fuck with LeBron. Okay. I fuck with LeBron. That's he on first. the Lakers. He on the Lakers. You know, I'm a cop or I'm a Lakers fan because okay. of Kobe. That's a respect. Right? Respect. So I fuck with LeBron and I fuck with what he what he ultimately stands for. Is, but I do think, and what I was talking about, is I do think he pick and choose what he talk about and what he touch on, you know, publicly. You know, and that's fine. But, you know, it's not fine when you are literally the voice, you know, of all of the black culture. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think we live in a day and age uh, to where, you know, we live in a social media day and age. A lot of people just don't think for themselves. You know, right. a lot of people don't have their mm -hmm. own opinions. Right. So LeBron James is given this platform. He's given this platform, right? Um, and he has this platform. And a lot of, you know, black people, they look for LeBron James to see, oh, shit, what LeBron James going to say about this, Right. If somebody get killed by police, or oh, what LeBron James going to say about this? And LeBron James literally shapes how people think about things or how people or what people's opinion is. And he touch, he pick and choose what he want to talk about. And that's all I was saying is like, I feel like when you have this platform and when you indulge in speaking about social conflicts or social issues, you know, if you touch on it a little bit, you need to be all in because you can't pick and choose what you yeah, want to so, speak about and what you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I was... It sounds to me like if you, if uh, if we're have if you and me are having a paintball fight and DJ come in and shoots one shot and says don't shoot back at me and it runs, 
what you're talking about? Like picking and choosing when you want to enter the fray and when you don't? Because it's such a weighty. I would never do something like that. <laughs> you light skin, you might. Oh my god! But there like, but go. like, if if, <laughs> if you're gonna be, if you're gonna dabble in something that's like as serious as like topical current social issues, right? There's a there's a responsibility and a weight that comes along with it. That by not speaking on, by not, I wouldn't say going out of your way to speak on anything, but by avoiding topics that are brought to you or right. that are right. currently happening, like that are mm-hmm. of you know, massive public interest, like, it's, uh, I, I mean, I want to say, like, cowardly, but there's this it's idea of, like, it's, well, what if he just doesn't have strong viewpoints on some things? What if he really doesn't know what's going on? Like, he made a comment about something that was going on in China, and I think, did Nike say he something like, He shouldn't make comments out? then. He shouldn't, he shouldn't never be involved in it. Like, you know what I mean? He's a human, bro. You know? What I, if he I, just it, tweets if, it? You if, know he just if be I tweeting. Don't, if I don't understand anything... I'm not going to come up, but if I don't understand something, I'm not just going to come out and state an opinion on it. He, he just be stating he just be saying, shit. He, he just he be do. saying shit. He's but, a human, bro. But like that be telling me like, you know, and, and, and I fuck with LeBron, but this also shows me that he, he picks and chooses what he want to talk about, you know, so he don't offend his followers or offend the people. Because he followers. has such a large brand. So like, yeah. the, right. Because I think like, yeah, Look, but if, that's not. If, if, but that's not real leadership, in my opinion. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, like, if you don't have a brand, like me, I don't have a brand, right? Like, I got like my professional reputation, right? But I don't have a brand like that I pursue outside of my my career that's working for someone else. I don't have a business that I own, right? So it'd be easier for me to be reckless with things I say, which I am all the time in the in the comfort of like personal conversations between us, mm-hmm. right? Because there's an element of trust. I can yeah. say what I want, right? But it's easier for me to be reckless with my speech as opposed to someone who has more to lose, more publicly to lose, more investments to lose, more more corporate sponsorship to lose. And, like, again, like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not necessarily like defending LeBron or advocating for him. I'm just saying, like, there is an element of maybe even unconscious protection of, of what you have in the public light. And, and like, it's easy, to, it's easy to be like, okay, I know I can speak on this subject – publicly and I can be super opinionated about it because I'm going to be celebrated for having that opinion or I'm or or it's a popular opinion and it sounds I'm going to get this pat on the back this little social credit for saying right. it right and so mm-hmm. guys pick and choose what to speak on all the time like we were talking about earlier yeah because it will be received well and so they can present it as this brave courageous thing to say when really it's like no you're this is pretty safe Right, yeah, guys do it all the time, and that's why, and that's why, like, it's easy for us to also just say LeBron should do that and do that. We've never been, and there's probably what five percent of people in the entire history of the world to be a figure like LeBron. All too, I'm, so so it's like it's difficult to try to speak for him when he's at this pinnacle. I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying it's the correct way to do things. I'm just saying I can understand why it is. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like wrong, 100%. right or wrong. That's I, what I, I'm saying too. I would love, ideally, I yeah. I, ideally, I would love to be the guy that's like, here's all I think publicly, and take it or leave it. That's who I am, right? But I do understand that thought because I mentioned that earlier. Like, I've never had any of my thoughts public. I don't have social media, mm-hmm. so for me, it's like it's easy to be super opinionated because I'm in the in the comfort of my relationships mm-hmm. and the privacy of my life. Yep. But man, I would love to think principally. That if I was public with everything that I thought, I would stand behind all of it. But, yeah. dude, that's 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 
that's the test of that's the test of what you believe, man. That's, that's yeah. like that's like Peter denying Jesus three times, right? Yeah, no. Publi- publicly, yeah. he had the opportunity, and Jesus told him he was going to deny him, and he said, "No, I would never do that." Yep. and then he did it. Yeah. He mm. did it three times, <laughs> right? And it's, it's like it's like, bro. It, yeah, but think, the, think about the weight of that, and it's like, man, you think I'm going to be able to be out there just bench pressing the world? <laughs> like, yo, that's like no, that's I, great I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, like leadership in leadership, it's, it's not about being comfortable. So you like Draymond Green? No, I like Kyrie Irving. I fuck with Kyrie, and and I'm not saying all of his his viewpoints and his principles is right, but he he he's standing on what he believe on. I like and, I like Kyrie for the same reason because you know and I'm and and I'm not saying that I agree with everything that he agree with. You just like that he stands for what he believes. He stands for what he believes. Yeah. No matter if it's the popular opinion, yep. or the unpopular opinion, it's what he believes in. So he's standing yeah. on it, and like I'm the, not like it, the earth is flat, like straight up. He like. believe in that shit. <laughs> the thing, and the thing, I think, I think the guy like Kyrie, and again, I don't know him, but like, I like him for the same reason. And I don't. There's a lot of things he says. I'm like, well, I don't believe that, but I could care less, bro. There's a lot of things when you and I first met, we would talk all the time in the training room, getting taped and stuff, right? Yep. And I'd be like, we'd have like full on arguments about it because I'm like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Kayvon's the perfect That's, person to do that. And in my mind, I'm like, That's so dumb. And Kayvon just keep telling me over and over again, and like. <laughs> But the the thing I respect about you, thing I respect about you is like, you believe what you're saying, mm-hmm. and you're and you're not afraid to say it. And to me, that's admirable because there's way too many people, and that's the internal contradiction I always have: is this is what I believe, but am I willing to voice it? Right. And it doesn't mean you jam that down people's throat and stand on the corner with a pamphlet. It just means that you don't feel like hearing other you people. Don't, you don't shy away from the things you believe. Yeah, and 100%. you don't and you don't cater to. In every audience, hundred percent, hundred percent, bro. I, I I was literally, bro. I literally had this conversation. Cause I, I'm in this group called uh, Entrepreneur Organization. It's called EO, and you know we had our little. Uh, it was a little test test run of like the forums. The forums is when we have these, you know, a group of people and we talk about you know our struggles and stuff like that. And we can't really talk about you know everything that we talk about. You know, I can talk about what I talk about though. And one thing I said. You know, and I was contemplating if I'm if if I'm gonna go up because we introducing ourselves, contemplating if I'm gonna go up and say this, and um, you know, one thing one thing I said it was like, hey, I'm Kevin Frazier. First thing y'all need to know about me is I'm a man of God. I'm a, I'm gonna talk about you know the Bible, and I'm a, you know, as I'm telling stories, I might relate it to Bible stories as well, right? And the fact that I was contemplating that was because like I didn't know. You know, mm-hmm. if everybody else in the room or if it was like a, you know, if it was, if it was, you know, I didn't know if I was comfortable enough to, to talk about that because I didn't know where everybody else in the room stands on it. Right. Mm-hmm. But the confirmation I got was a dude that came up to me after who was in the group. He was like, hey, like, man, thank you for talking about that because, you know, it's not a lot of people in our society that really, really would openly discuss their faith, you know. Right. Um so I mean, just like what you what you said, and like, you, and you you know, know what I noticed about the draft? Did you notice like the first five picks? Yep. all started all, with all hey, started I want to thank God. Yep. And some people are like, oh my God, that's so cliche. But bro, I thought that was the dopest I th- thing. I, ever. I thought that was fire. I, all was five. Fire. I was I've, like, yo, I've noticed a, like an increase in people expressing their faith openly. Mm-hmm. Like, thank him first. Yep. I think for me in the like past year and a half, my relationship with God has grown quite a bit. And I see that happening all the time now. 
I think that's something that's happening just in how, general. How'd your like what's your testimony? How did you know, how did your uh your like how'd you come into your faith? Um so over I over these last, you know, couple years. Okay, yeah. So yeah. like as a kid, like I grew up going to church. Um my parents I was homeschooled when I was younger, up until seventh grade. And so every morning we had like Bible study and, you know, so I, I was raised in the Bible, you know, and I remember when I got saved as a little kid, you know, like I didn't really know how to do it. I just repeated it over and over again because I thought quantity, you know, like let's do a lot of volume, and, right. you know, you know? Mm-hmm. and so, you know, I really, I think in the past, my, my professional career has really shown me the necessity of having a relationship with, with Christ, like the, an actual relationship. Yeah, yes, um, it was a roller coaster, and and it kind of exposed what I thought a relationship with with Christ was was not actually what a relationship with God was. Um, and a lot of it was through like injury and just moving around the league a little bit, you know. And I've had a, an amazing career, but the things that have happened in my career have really highlighted the importance of having, of not having a transactional relationship with God. I do good, you bless me. I do bad, you punish me. That's, that's not yeah. how God works. Like That's right. not how he works. Because um, I would have seasons where I was like, like football seasons, but also like seasons of life. Everyone wants to talk about, like I would have these seasons of life where I wasn't in my Bible. I wasn't trying to walk with God. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh man, he's going to smack me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would get blessed. Because you got fear. No, I, I was blessed because God loves me. Because of grace, yeah, yeah, he didn't bless me because I deserved it. Certainly not. I don't deserve any of this. If we got what we deserved, we all would be having horrible lives and/or dead in hell. That's what we deserve, Mm -hmm. right? And so, the grace of God is given to us freely, right? And I've realized that for me, having that like that soft touch of God in my life, I realized that I don't have to behave so that I get things. Right, right, right. I don't have to behave so that I don't get smacked. Right. I act, I should act the way I'm supposed to act out of a genuine love for Christ. Yep. Right? And that should be a reflection of my faith. And so um, that kind of throughout my career, there's just been all these little points where God, like, kind of hits the reset, whether it's through injury and then I have to, it, like, forces me to reset and, like, really kind of go back to him. Right. And, or focus on my family or. Right. And so that's what I'm in right now. Like, I'm just waiting around to see what happens this next year. Mm-hmm. And it's I used to think of it as, like, oh, this is going to be a punishment. It's not a punishment. God's just like, hey, man, look, I have great plans for you. Yep. You know, plans to prosper. Prosper. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not. not be, a, I but, thought you was going to say the because, same. Not because. Not because. No. Camera's on. I can't. <laughs> but like, he has great plans for us. And so. Our plans can't be in front of his plans. And that's what he's showing me. I think that's what he's showing me right now is like, man, I got I got great plans for you, but don't put yours ahead of mine. Don't put Jeff's priorities ahead of God's priorities. 100%, yeah. Hey, God, come on, man. I got a plan. <laughs> right. He just laughs. He's like, what are you doing? You know? Um, and so kind of just seeing that and like really how encouraging yeah. God is. Like he's so encouraging. I had this like fear of like, man, if I show him who I am, it's going to be this like, you know, like he's not going to like it. Like, then he, first of all, he already knows, you know, <laughs> but you're just depriving yourself of a relationship with Christ out of fear for what may be. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I open myself up to him, he just immediately pours into my life. Yeah. And it's always yeah. grace and love, man. It's like, mm-hmm. 
why haven't I do this my whole life? What am I doing? No, straight right. up and you know and uh like even in prayer. Like I got, I started getting real specific in prayer instead of saying it structured, kind of structured. And I was like, you know what? Let me just like be myself and just be real specific. And I, and I've seen things unfold. Like I, whatever is at hand, I'll pray in very, very hard detail. Exactly what's about what I want to happen. It happens. You know what I'm saying? And he, said, uh, he says, uh, um, I forget where it's at, but he, he's talking about wisdom. He says, uh. He gives all he gives wisdom to all liberally and without reproach, but let that man ask in faith. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what that's kind of what you're saying about prayer. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to believe what you're saying, and believe that the power of God is yep. is absolute. Yep. Because if you don't, he said, let, let he goes let that man ask in faith. And I'm I'm summarizing because I can't quote it, but like, um, if he doesn't ask in faith, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything for God from God. Mm-hmm. So he's like a um, a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He's an, he's an unstable, he's a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Mm. And it means like, we, do we actually believe God is who he says he is when we pray? Cause if not, it's not prayer. Right. Like, and I did that forever. I didn't actually pray. I was just right. reciting words that I heard in church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'd say Lord a thousand times in the prayer. Cause I, I don't know what to do. It's just a filler word. Exactly. right? Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? And even, and even when things, uh, when bad or good things would happen to me, you know, I'd say thank you because I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I let it I let it play out. It's like something bad happens. It's like, man, I'm super disappointed, but I'm like, but it could be a good thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then something good happens. It's like, let me, you know, let me, you know, I'm blessed. Let me pray about it. But you, you don't ever want to, you know, success could go to your head sometimes too, you know? Right. So you never know what's a bad or, or good thing either. Um, and don't don't confuse the good things happening to you with with you being good. With yeah, you having man. success. It like, ain't you. Yeah. It's not me. Mm-hmm. And when I have success on the field, my my first one is to be like, at a boy. You know, I'm all proud of myself. Yep. And man, what you should be doing is like, thank you for this, because it keeps you from putting your pride and elevating yourself above what you should be. That's been one of my big down you know, pitfalls. Is like I hop into that and I'm like I'm feeling myself because man playing good, I'm doing, and mm-hmm. I got plans, and I'm going to use this platform to, yep. you know, yep. and, man, that's that just leads you immediately away from God into pride. Yeah, no, I mean, for you, it was like, so, talking about your career, I mean, you were seventh-round pick for Dallas, uh, and you had up and down, you know, you had an up and down ride with Dallas, but you had some good times, you had some really good times, right? Uh, at the end of it, you didn't get an extension with Dallas, and you went to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. And uh, you had a very, very quiet year. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you had a very, very quiet year. That's a nice way to put it. And I remember you coming back to the gym, and you were training, and you were like, man, I don't know, yeah. you know what's next. But then you yeah. got a call two weeks into You were camp. almost yeah. – yeah. he was contemplating retiring around then. Well, I fell I, out of love. As I remember. I fell yeah. out of love with football. Right. Uh, right, you know, right. Like, I, I, was, yeah. I spent time in Dallas. And, like, just to touch on that real quick, like, mm-hmm. Dallas um, – you know, my first four years, man, I got to learn from, like, I came into the league as a tight end, and, like, Jason Witten was a starter, yep. man. And, you know, I've been yep. watching him since I was, like, a kid. So, like, yeah. man, to learn from him how he approaches the game, that was, like, this huge blessing. And then you guys were in the locker room, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the best locker rooms I've ever been in. Yeah. Like, you're, so I came in the year before you guys did, right? And mm-hmm. then those few years, that was, like, one of the strongest locker rooms I've ever been in. Well, because, you know, what, what Dallas did those years is it wasn't a lot of, like, older free agents on our team. It was no. like all people in-house. that they drafted in-house. Yeah. Yeah. And we grew together. 
we got to experience different things together. We we all became yeah. like I mean I can honestly say probably eighty percent of that locker room, ninety percent of the locker room, I was really really cool with. You yes. know what I mean? That was yeah, there, I can I, honestly I can, say I'm that. I'm trying to think. I say this all the time. Like I was trying to think of a guy in the locker room that like I did not like. Right. Yeah. Like who? Yeah. No, it was tough. There was a couple of personalities, but For other sure. other than that, like yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, know, they, but, and they stood out. Like it was it was a yeah, lot of personalities that yeah, yeah. that that probably. <laughs> came from different teams, you know, <clears throat> came to our team, and then it's like, okay, well, you, you know what I'm saying? That's right. The culture was right, though. For the most part, yeah, all yeah, the, the draft picks right. seriously the stayed. Right. Like, no matter what, if you were right. up or down, the draft picks were around in that organization. And people talk so much stuff about Garrett. I know. I rock with Garrett. Okay, I so, did, okay, so personally. Like, the, the locker room was great, right? And so I always thought, I internalized that as like, well, I've learned so much from this great locker room and watching guys be professional. Mm-hmm. learned how to do that. And then when I left, I thought that was just like, well, that's who I am now. I'm just that guy. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how important it is to be surrounded by quality people. By because people, when you're yeah. not, you immediately, it's it's really hard to stay afloat. And and to your point about Garrett, like it was the same thing. Like, you know, I, I didn't really appreciate how much, how important consistency was from a head coach until I left. Until and I left. realized like, we still joke around about all the sayings and all you know all the yep. all the cliches he yep. had or the speech every Monday about you know like mm-hmm. a lot of prognosticators and he'd be up there talking right all the uh-huh. same stuff right his but stories like, bro his stories yeah. was crazy bro I I literally I compared them to to the white Obama because his <laughs> stories was his stories was like just yeah. as good as Obama bro yeah like, like it, for it's real. the fact that he don't leave out any detail and it's almost like he recited this he don't say any ums or no. He's very like, it's like he was oh in the moment, gosh, like he's yeah. in the moment, and I and I told him that when we seen him. But yeah. like, bro, it was he's one of the best coaches I've ever had. I yeah. think in retrospect, I agree. Yeah. You know, like hindsight. What were you saying again about? Well, I was just saying, like, I think in hindsight, like to your point, I didn't realize it when I was there. You know, mm-hmm. I got tired of going into Monday morning meetings and hearing the same thing. I'm like, dude, I've heard this a thousand times. Like, stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I used to take you know, right. I, you know, I take notes, right? So I was in there, and every morning I'd write down everything, and then after like. Three years into it, I'm like, I'm not writing this down anymore. I got to say, I got copy and paste for for three years. Like, what am I doing, right? And so I'd get all like, man, this is like, right. I, I I I didn't appreciate what it was because I got caught up in the detail of of right. little things that I didn't like, right? And and I was thinking that you're gonna have a leader that you're gonna like every aspect of that leader. Like, what coach have you ever had that you liked absolutely everything about them? It just doesn't exist. No different yeah. than a politician or a boss. Like, it just doesn't exist. There's always going to be things, right? No different than, like, in your personal relationships. It's the same way. But I didn't appreciate it until I left. Like, man, there was so much value in how he presented himself. Like, trying to juggle ownership and players. Oh, my like, gosh. And, and the brand he represents and uh, how I've been to face the media like he did consistently. Yeah. And never bringing that into the room with the yep. team. I didn't understand how important that was until I left because I was a young player. Man, like, what a... What a what a skill set to have! Oh and my gosh, that strength to be able to do that all the time. Yeah, no. and when we saw him, bro, he 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 looked he looked like this big burden was just off his back. He looked free. He was like openly when, when talking to us. Um, we at Jason Wynn. Jason Wynn's uh like foundation event. This, okay, this was like a few months ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like the college man of the year. Oh yeah, 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 and he, he was like open with us. Yeah, he but he was just, telling us all the struggles that he had in New York, like like just. Like not sugarcoat nothing. That's cool. Yeah, it was yeah. man, it was the dopest cool. conversation I that even I've ever like, had with him. I even just went straight to it. 
I was just like, yeah, you, what you, you do that. I, did. I got straight into it. You don't be knowing how to, uh, because sometimes you ease your way into shit. Because he, 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 dip your toes in like, Yeah, you're not ready to be on our podcast. Oh, <laughs> because just, sometimes like people like you just being real with them, and instead yeah. of working around to it, I said, you know, coach. So did you have an opportunity to coach Stanford? What happened with that opportunity? And he got into it instead of he being like, yo, so, so how's the broadcast? You know, I talked about that, but I was like, yo, like I seen that you had opportunity to coach Stanford. Like, I feel like what that the hell happened with it? You was, he was like, what, I said, what, what the, the hell, hell happened, happened to it? it? And he got right into it. Yeah, He dove into it. And that's why I just wanted to have a real, I was like, I'm just going to boom. He told you I'm the whole gonna... story. Like we was going back and forth and this, and I went down to visit and I was just like, damn, like, yeah, I've never seen him be this open, you yeah. know, about just That's what's cool. actually going on. Yeah. Well, good for him, man. Cause like, yeah, yeah you could tell that stuff was weighty. Oh, it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. weighty, you know? And so it's cool to yeah. see him. Like, you know, I see him on TV now doing like the, uh, halftime work and stuff, you know? And like, mm-hmm. it's cool to see him. He looks good, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, and honestly, like I, I, you know, when I left and went to Jacksonville, you know, he, he called me and I was on a plane. So then he texted me this big, long text, just like, Hey man, mm-hmm. good luck. Appreciate everything you've done. Um, and he's real professional. So like, I expect, you know, I expect, like, I expected that. I knew he would. Mm-hmm. And I just text him back, like, like basically just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then now, but now that I think I, I'd love to have a conversation with him now with some yeah. time away mm-hmm. from it and be like, man, like I learned a lot from you yeah. and you know, like you can take a little bit from everywhere you've been, but I took a lot from being yeah. in Dallas and man. Yeah. So then I went to Jacksonville, and that was a different. Ugh. And I, I saw like man the importance of a good like oh, good leadership man. and good locker room, yeah. and how hard it is to try to be the guy you say you're going to be, when all the supporting elements of a locker room and a staff, not all of them are pulling in the same direction. And Ramsey was gone there, huh? Or was he there? Well, he was there in the beginning, okay. and then how was he? Like my interactions yeah. with Jalen were always cool. It was, uh, but yeah. like I, I kind of get along with everybody. Like I, yeah. you know, like when my rookie year, I got along with Greg Hardy. Man, we, <laughs> yeah. it was cool to me, man. I liked <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, we were cool. I was cool with everybody. You know, there ain't nobody yeah. that I like, no, for sure, right? Because that's just kind of uh-huh, how yeah. I am. But uh, so Jalen was cool. Um, but there, you could see the difference in leadership from a coaching perspective. It was just guys try to take advantage of it, mm-hmm. you know, and so. And you and you got hurt, so you were like out for most of the year, though. Yeah, I only played like so. I came in there um, as like their true why. You know, mm-hmm. I think Mercedes Lewis had left I mean, the year a couple years ago before, so they were trying to find that guy. Yeah, <clears throat> and I was coming off injury in Dallas. You know, I was injured so much in Dallas, mm-hmm. and then I came into Jacksonville as like that guy and had an injury in camp, shocking. And so when the season came around. I was rotating with one of my better friends now, uh, James O'Shaughnessy. We were kind of rotating at the tight end position. And then he gets hurt like week five or six in Carolina, blows his knee out. And the next week we're playing the Saints, and I get hit and get knocked out. And, like, it was like it's the worst concussion I've ever bro, had. Bro, that like, was that a was, wild hit, bro. You know, I don't have any memory of it. it. Oh, it was a wild hit. It is on Like, if you go, like, YouTube, like, hardest Who hits. Who was it? Demario. Hit me. Demario Davis has a hard. We were in, so we we were in. Yeah, like, hit I don't have any yeah. memory of the play, but he, he I, almost I hit as hard as me. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> hey, he I blocked his ass in practice. Threw his ass down though. Yeah, just got to throw that out there. But then he's, he got me back. He's got a hard ass head. Dude, he can he's, hit. He's one of those guys. Like he got me back. He's an old school linebacker. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, in, is in, he still playing right for the Saints? I think so. Right, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is an old school linebacker. He's an old school linebacker, and I like that about. Defenders, I like defenders that play like that. Like I don't want to get hit by him, but I respect that style of game because it's just not it's not there anymore. So he hit me. We were in like we 
we're three by one. We moved the back out to the one receiver side, and they basically called like I was running like a little shallow cross toward mm. the, the, the two man side, and they ran a, t- a bubble, a tunnel screen over there with the back. So Demario goes out, travels out in man, Ooh. right, and the quarterback looks at it. Doesn't like the bump, the tunnel screen to the back, which is bringing him towards me. Mm-hmm. And oh then, my and Pops gosh. back to me late and throws it to me. Mm. So, and again, I don't, I don't remember it, but I, I caught the ball, and Demario's, you know, running back towards and me. And it's covering, man, so you're hitting the man. jets. I mean, you're going I'm running, yeah. and, and he's running, covering the back, and then just sees the ball thrown his way and right on the chin, and just put me to sleep. Uh, so like I landed with my foot tucked under me, so it, like it, it, it uh, sprained my MCL pretty good. And at the time, they told me I had a high ankle sprain, but I actually fractured my ankle. You know, I get released, and then I find out that I have a broken ankle. So, like, it was like a, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. something some little suspect. But uh, Typical uh, yeah, NFL. Just, yeah, uh, just like, it was just bad, you <laughs> crazy, know. So, like, bro. I wasn't playing a lot Did of the time. Did you ever be able to go back and get and get anything for it? Like, well, no, so, like, when it, when it happened, I was uh, – I was already like disillusioned. Like I didn't like playing there. Yeah, I would be in my yeah. truck before the work, just like oh, I hate this. Like it's just the worst, mm. man. I hate and I you know me, like yeah. I actually love football. So like it was hard, you know, like going to work. And then when I got hurt, it took me over a month to recover, like my for my yeah. brain to recover. I was just I was completely trashed. I was asleep on the field and they had to come like wake me up and then I I guess I walked off the field, but my memory came back to me. Like forty five minutes later, like I have a f- an hour long gap of where I don't have any memory still. Oh my god! And I was talking to the neurologist. I was in like mid conversation with the neurologist, and like the whole thing were like involuntary crying. Like I was just, me- I was, I was Damn, absolutely geez. out of my mind. And uh, so I spent the rest of that season. I went to IR didn't play again the rest of the year because like I was trying was to come back. Of a concussion. Well, it was that, and also like once I got mm-hmm. cleared after like a month from my concussion. I was trying to run. I was like, bro, my ankle hurts so bad. Like, and I yeah. played through a lot of injuries, you know, like we all have. Like, so I know how to handle like physical pain. I can take physical pain, mm-hmm. but I was having these sh- really sharp shooting pains whenever I decelerate. So then they just shut me down for the year, and then they released me, and so then I went back and tried to like once I figured out like a couple months later that I actually like I went and got some PRP in my ankle, and the doctor's like, you have, it looks like you fractured that ankle, you know. He goes, it's healed now, but like, is the doctor here? Yeah, yeah. Um, he just like a guy, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Keisha sent me to him. Keisha sent it. Yeah, probably dulled or something. It was like dulled, that. yeah. Yep. So he goes, "It looks like you fractured your ankle." And I'm like, "Well, that makes sense because a high ankle sprain wouldn't it wouldn't take three months for me to be able to like run comfortably." Like, right. So anyway, right? Did Did you have to get any surgery or anything like that? No. Um. By that point, it was it was good. It was I just had better, to like, yeah. yeah, I was good. So then I was all you know, sad about not playing, and I didn't like football anymore. And that's when I'm. Uh, that's when I came to your place because 2020 COVID shut down mm-hmm. everything. So I came over to train with you and that's kind of how we all like yep. reconnected. You know? No, for sure. And, and that's where I was saying, like, I mean, you were just training and you were down, you know, you were kind of down on it. You weren't sure. I was down on football. You were down on, for yeah, sure. you were down yeah. on football and for you sure. weren't sure. And not, not that you're the type of guy that will figure it out, but then right. you got a call yeah. uh, two weeks into camp Yeah, and you were, what three four years later you never returned you were, we were with the titans from there on yeah yeah like i was so mad about like circumstances right that mm-hmm. when i get a call and so i went down to like houston for a visit and they didn't like my physical because i've been injured a bunch and then indy didn't like my physical so it was just i was all mad like until so then tennessee yeah. calls me for a tryout and like the prideful part of me is like a tryout like <laughs> yeah do you know who i am like that kind of thing <laughs> right 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 and <laughs> they're like yes but you still like we don't care you know so my wife was like like well you need a, you need a job so you got to go and so 
I, I went out there and like it was during the COVID stuff. So then I, I tried out and made the squad. And then you had to run a forty. No, they just said no. <laughs> Hell no. Thank God. No, we just did you know just like drills and running Drill, and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, man, it was like it was a great fit. So I got to spend three years there and like really connect with football again, like loving it for what it is and enjoying playing in a system that allows me to be like my style of play. Yeah, because mm. you got two two contracts there, huh? Yeah, so one year and then a no. So a, I, a I did. Year. I did. I came in in 2020 and I just did three one years. Oh, you. Oh, so you on three, 20, I was on just like vet minimum. Yeah. Did like you an, negotiate them yourself? No. Oh, okay. I uh, I did a vet minimum with a split because I was injured right my first year there. Right. Right. And then the next two years, you know, I was doing one years, um, which I found out are if you're not going to get a three year deal, don't do, do it. One year, don't yeah. do it two right. years. Right. Hundred percent. You're just going to guarantee. It's just a team option essentially. You're not going to last year. You got a big guarantee though. Yeah, yeah. So like the each year I got a pay raise, you know, and yeah. and again, what we we're talking about earlier, you know, like I would always flirt with that idea of like equating a pay raise to me living right. I'm really living right, and just you know, you know what I mean. And it, what it was right, it was right, like, right. no, man, you're being blessed, and yeah, you're being you're working hard and doing all those things, but like, don't confuse that outcome with you being the guy, you know, morally speaking. Right, hundred percent. So, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So now I'm in that time where like, well. I thought I was going to get another deal and kind of keep going. And I still think I'll keep going, but I'm just in a time in my life where I'm having to, like, kind of step back and realize that you mm-hmm. I am not in control of this. Yeah. You know, and, and just to focus on the right thing. So. And nothing's wrong with being still, right? I mean, but you just finished year eight. So mm-hmm. if you get signed this year, it'd be year nine. Right. Uh, you made some great money the past three years. Yeah. Probably the most money, obviously, yes. the back in your career was the most money you made. Yeah. So how did how do you go about? Uh, I mean, now now you could be in an early transition stage, but I remember us talking uh, our gym conversations once yeah, again. Yeah. But you were saying rookie year, rookie year, seventh round pick. You're not even sure if you're going to be on the team or how long you'll be on the team. You could be up and down, right. uh, and you bought a house in Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my rookie year, I get to I'm on my way to camp. And I didn't travel out with the team on the plane. I was I lived. I was from California, so at the time I flew back home and then flew down from Sacramento down to uh, like Burbank, I think. So I'm anyway. I'm talking to my agent on the phone. He's telling me good luck and stuff. And his whole message was like, he goes, "You don't need financial advice right now." He goes, "You just need to save money. Don't create debt. Save money. You just do that for four years and then figure out after that." Right. I said, okay. So then after the season, you know, I had more cash obviously than I've ever had in my life. And right. and uh, my wife, who's always like. She's always the one to give me that like that quiet encouragement and wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, we should think about buying a house because we're just throwing money out the window with rent. Like, this is ridiculous. And I'm, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that because I was all scared. And so my father-in-law, he he basically told me, he goes, well, like, what are you worried about? And I said, well, what happens if I don't make the team? He goes, well, what's your mortgage? So I told him, and he goes, well, you could not play football and go get a regular job and make that mortgage. Mm-hmm. And if you couldn't, what would you do with the house? I said, Oh, I'd probably sell it or rent it. He goes, Okay. So what are you like what are you what are you like mm-hmm. deliberating over? Right. And it really was just fear of something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then I, I, I did it. Um and that was like the best thing I did. And so that started me in a like a path of actually like listening to like good advice from my wife. Yeah. Because yep. it's always quiet and it's always like her thought process will be ahead of where I'm at, and it'll, I'll have to grow three months to catch up with how she's thinking. You know what I mean? Because she, like, she really is a planner. Yeah. So that kind of put me on that path of like just trying to use money to set up long term. 
And that jump started your investment kind of cash flow mind, really. Yeah, it did. Uh, But again, like all driven through, I don't know anything about this. You know, I'm not like everyone talks about financial literacy. Like I didn't, I didn't go to school for that. I don't know a lot about it. hundred percent. I just yep. don't want to create debt. Like what do I, yep. what do I do? Uh-huh. And so, you know, like I, we, we met our uh, financial advisors after my fourth year in the league and that set up like long-term, like, you know, like your, yeah. your long-term investments in the stock market and, you know, setting up your wills and just doing the, yeah. the, the clerical things that you need to do so that you can have a stable, secure future. You know what, bro? You don't even know that. Um, but after you was telling, after you just told this story, it gave me flashbacks because uh, I think it was after my rookie year. Yeah, after my rookie year, you told me your story about how you bought a house. And I'm like, man, he in the second year, he already bought a house, right? Yep. But then that's when I went home and we started looking for houses. And I actually bought a house after my rookie year as well, too. Oh, really? Yeah, and then it just kept on buying houses after that. Thank my wife you for know? that. Yeah, she I had know, the like she had the vision. You did. You've had a yep. you've had like four houses, three houses. Three. Yep. Yep. Because when you first bought your mm-hmm. first house, I was I thought the same thing. Yeah, you know, right I thought the same thing. Year. I was like, damn, you bought a house already. I remember you turfed out the backyard. Yep. I'm like, oh, so you gonna be there? And then like a year nope, later, a year later, you later you I moved. Sold it. <laughs> but but I get it now. You know, but back then yeah. I was like, damn, he's bought this house. He's turfing out the backyard. Yep. Like you know, you're doing all this. I mean, you, I didn't you, lose money. No, you, you know, improved. You improved money, the property. I didn't lose money. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't lose money. But I didn't make money either, though. Like you know, if you yeah, you know, calculate what you put into it, the down payment and stuff like that. After you sell it, that's literally what I got back. You know. But if you rent it, put, you're you're losing money, right? Yes, yes. I mean, because a lot of especially now, bro. Your more your mortgage. I mean, now I mean interest rates is high. But if you would have bought a house. You know, a couple years ago, your mortgage rates is probably going to be lower than what rent is right now. You know what I mean? Oh, depending on what, you know, depending on what type of house or apartment you living in. Yep. You know, because rent is is getting outrageous. Oh, rent is starting to like it where, you know, in Frisco, Prosper, I mean, it's averaging 3,000 plus. It's it's starting to, I mean, you know this because you're a realtor. I mean, people have mortgages for 2,200, 2,000, bro. So, so it is getting different, but, you know, rates ain't going down anytime, anytime soon, but but no, but like talking about that is like, you know, you bought a house because, you know, as as we have this cash, it's like a house, your primary residence. Yeah, it's not a cash flowing asset, but it is an asset. It's like a savings account because you'll gain equity over you're time. Just, you're just yeah. trading like, you know, like I, like I said, my father-in-law and I talk all the time about like this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has a commercial real estate background um, for a long time and now he's in insurance. And so he has this expertise that I don't have. Right. And so we talk all the time about like, basically what constitutes currency, what constitutes money, and what are you doing when you're purchasing something? Mm-hmm. Like, So let's say it's like we talked we were talking about earlier about like gold and silver, right? Like the reason like he always advocated buying like like those, those kinds of commodities, in, at least in some part of your portfolio, is you're just trading one asset for another. It's not like you're, yep. you don't have the money. Like you can sell that and purchase money again with it. Yep. And housing, yeah, like the housing market goes up and down. Like, all, I get all that, but that's what kind of clicked in my head was like, I don't, it's not like I no longer have this money. It's just tangibly in something now. Right. And right. that kind of helped alleviate the fear of kind of jumping into a pool I don't really know how to swim in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's where we all, I think, uh, that's where I am. That's where I think a lot of guys are at. A lot of people in general are just, it's so foreign and it's intimidating. And you assume that there must be some knowledge that you don't possess that'll make you fail. 
But the truth is, it's like you can learn any skill on YouTube. I always joke about it all the time, right? Like yeah, I used yeah, to make, yeah. like I used to forge knives you, in my garage. You still and, do wood? Yeah, woodworking yeah. and like, what, like building guns or like whatever you're doing. Like I learned a lot of that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And well, like if I can learn that skill, like what other skill can I learn? Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it's just like overcoming that fear of the unknown. That really is it. it, it we stagnate, man, because we're scared of what may come, and mm-hmm. so I stagnate. You know, yep. like my wife, when we moved to Jacksonville, she's like, we should buy a house here and turn it into an Airbnb. This was in 2019 mm. or the market blew up. Damn. And I'm like, that's so dumb. Like, why would I? Have? That's so dumb. <laughs> You're like, probably like, why oh, don't you sh- stop? All right. Why don't you stop? <laughs> and then now I'm like kicking myself like, dude, I should have done that uh-huh. because yeah. it would have been a cool place to take the family. Yep. Like the Jacksonville beaches are nice and it's quiet and stuff, but it would have just immediately generated a ton of cash yeah. flow yeah, and the it. property values. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you didn't know. I didn't know, yeah. but it was that. It was yeah. that. It was really. I, I shut down that conversation without even having it because I was scared of like jumping into something I didn't understand. And so I just yeah. shut it down. Like, nope, I don't want to hear it. Did you ever buy that land in Salina? Oh, so me and DJ uh, were yeah. talking about that. Uh, so I'm, I actually, well, I t- I bought it yesterday. Oh wow! wow yeah, damn. so I'm, we closed. I think on because so. you was talking about that last. last Dude, I, year, I've been talking about that for three years. Right. Like, I was just, about to say you were like, debating on. Tennessee, you were yeah. Tennessee or Dallas? Yeah, because like, you bought a house in Tennessee, right? Yeah, so after my first year in Tennessee, we bought a house there, and then you know, like the plan is to once we build, you know, turn on those other homes as rentals, and then start generating cash flow that way, like yep. passive income. And so, yep. um that Salina property, it's a beautiful place, man. And we were just debating: do we want to be in Texas or do we want to be in Tennessee? And like we had kind of had the idea, like we want to be in Tennessee, so we're not going to do the Texas property, and then. Uh, when I when free agency got super slow this year, now I'm like kind of in limbo. We put that those plans on hold, and then I revisited the Solana property, and I thought, no, this is it, man. Because yeah. the developer, his name's Kent, man. He's a phenomenal person, and he just gave me his word in 2020 that that was the price, and it wasn't going to increase. Damn. So I told him I'd buy it the other day, and I even threw down some earnest money. He goes, you don't need to do that. He goes, I'll shake your hand. I'm a, you, you got it. Wow. He goes, when you're ready, you got it. And sure enough, that contract, that little earnest money contract expired. And a year and a half later, you know, the other day. He stuck with the price? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you don't see that. He, he told me because he, he he goes, that's what I told you it was going to be, and that's what it's going to be. I said, okay. And so all that kind of stuff made me think, okay, I think this is, we're supposed to do this. Yeah. You know? No, um, I mean, that's. Yeah. And it's a beautiful place, man. Like, it, it, it really is pretty. So. What part of Salina? And you ain't got to tell me exactly. You don't got to tell me about exactly where it was. What part? The, uh. Like northeast, like the hills of Lone Star. Do you know that area up there at all? Um, it's like it's like it's like above Gentle Creek, Golf just north, Coast. just north of Weston. Oh, it's up there. Yeah, I live up there. Similar, kind of. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll show you. I'll, sh- I'll yeah, show you where it's yeah. at. But uh, that's Tiffany and Tyler Clutch live in that in that area. Okay, so okay. It, it, that's kind of how we found it. My wife and them kind of got together and figured it out. But uh, yeah, man, it's a cool spot. So that's kind of what we're we're gonna do now. I think we're gonna pursue that as as we can, and then. Yeah, man. Try try to do the 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 rental game, and then you know, long term, if you can, like um, Airbnbs and selective spots that you like to vacation. Similar to how yeah. people used to use uh, timeshares, you know, but just hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, but just yeah. having more flexibility right. and, and generating more income that way. But having a good portion of your income being long term rentals, which is more, you know, like secure. Yeah. More yeah. more uh, for sure. Yeah. Consistent. Yeah. It's yep. wealth. Yep. It's like real wealth. You know, Airbnbs is like. You know, you're using that money, uh, and it, you know it's not it's, it's not as consistent. It's, it's faster, faster it's money. Seasonal is more seasonal. Yeah, right. yeah, no. right. yeah. And, and maybe the rules just, may change. 
and maybe you're, you're know, just paying you just for your know. own yep. paying for your own vacation spot essentially like right exactly. that'd be cool too you know but that's yep. like a down the road type deal taking mm-hmm. care of your expenses you know but stuff yeah. like that but yeah. i know and also your strategies on you know buying some of these homes i know you're a big cash guy mm-hmm. i mean everything with you is cash. Well, again that was driven out of fear like because True. Like, i didn't understand debt and i still don't like debt like no one likes debt right but right. again my father-in-law always tell me he goes Never create debt unless you're planning to use it. Well, it's the difference between debt and credit too. You know, I correct, think that's correct. I think that's one thing that people have to realize. Yes, like yes. credit is used to to buy assets. Yes. Debt is used to buy liabilities. So right. like mm-hmm. if you you know, if you're acquiring credit, you know, it's completely different than than maxing out your credit card. You know, right. then that's that's like literally debt. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Right. Or if you're buying a car, like that's literally, you know, debt too. And I you think know what I'm I think some of our like the philosophy that I guess if you call that, but like just kind of the way my thought process was, was like, if, if I, if, if I, if I have a home that I can, that I have the cash to pay off, but I don't pay it off, what am I doing with that money? Right. If I'm not doing anything with it, then pay off the home. Yep. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because that's a, you know, I can go to sleep at night and I made a decision that's going to let me sleep. Right. Right. So there's some, I think there's some utility in that. Um, and you're going to see that money again at some point. Yeah. Because you're not like, you don't. You don't uh, overextend to the point where a you can't sleep, mm-hmm. and then you don't overextend to the point where if if you know that economy goes down, that you're going to need to make a move in order to survive. Right. So like, don't right. overextend yourself to that point. You right. know you can get a mortgage and do that thing. That's cool, but not at the expense of not being able to survive four or five years of the economy going down. Oh you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Because if you can afford to survive that time, then if you you know like it's great to be the guy that has cash in a recession. Because you can buy. Oh, no, 100%. Right. Like, right now, I mean, it's good. Like, r- right now, probably for the rest of this year, it's probably good to have cash. Right. The only thing I would say is if, you know, is if you can get your mortgage for 3%, and you make, know, and, make, yeah. and you can make 8 somewhere else, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. That difference is, e- that you know evens what I'm it out. Right. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. you, you make money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it don't even, you actually make money. Yeah. You right. know, you said, caveat, yeah, you said mortgage for 3%. Right. So like when I when yeah. I bought my house, so if your mortgage kidding. only three percent, but if you can put your your money somewhere else and make it, and, and yeah. make eight, yeah, right, yeah, you know you got a mortgage, you only paying three percent. Why would you pay that mortgage off? When Why you would you pay that mortgage off when you can use that cash? A hundred percent. But the thing though that people don't understand about mortgages too, and the fucked up part about our economy is they very very front loaded. So mm-hmm. like at the beginning, that first fifteen years, you know, if you got thirty year mortgage, that first fifteen years, you're paying a lot of interest. Right. Mm-hmm. So you so you so you're really paying more than that three percent. Right. It's that back half to where it go down. But then they come to you and like, hey, you know, more races down, let's refinance. That's that's why they always try to get you to refinance, refinance. your loans. A new interest. You know, because that thirty years start over. Mm-hmm. So your interest rate is front loaded again. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. But that's the one thing that people don't really understand as well, is that, that front loaded now, you if know. you're now if you're doing it like you just said, if you're using that cash to go make, you know what I'm saying, it makes sense. No, but no, you just have to sense. know. You got to know it's front loaded. You got to know. I just, yeah. yeah, I learned that in business because you get a five year loan and you look at it in that first two and a half years, like you know, you think you're making these payments <laughs> and you think it, yep. the majority of it going towards principal, and you see the actual money is going towards principal. You like, man, what the fuck? Like fifty percent. You like, know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, bro, I'm paying all this. And it's none of it is going uh, well. The barely all or twenty percent of it is going towards principal. But I think there's right? like that's part of the the difference just in like, um, just in like the way I look at stuff. So like your temperament may be 
you like business. Like you guys like you guys are like businessmen. You guys like mm-hmm. that world, you know. So mm-hmm. like navigating interest rates and borrowing, and then using the cash that you didn't have to, you, know, mm-hmm. you have to spend out of your own pocket to invest. Like that takes a lot more attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it takes a lot more uh, like investment of time and research. And so for me, I don't want to do that. Right, at least right, not right yeah. now. So it was like, See, hey, I, I, respect I, that a lot. I, I don't want to have debt because I don't want to have to service debt. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about interest rates. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I have the luxury of I've, I've played football for a long time. I have to, I can do it. Right. And a lot of mm-hmm. people can't do it. So I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to like poo poo it because I understand like it's rare to just be able to just to like put down cash and buy things. Right. Right. 100%, but yep. for me, it was like, well, I have the means to do that. So I don't want to have to live in that world yet of moving around moving around money and talking about debt and using in, in using that system. I don't want to do that yet. And when I'm done playing, I, you know, I probably will, mm-hmm. but I'll also have more time to devote to like learning how it operates. Right. And because right. I don't understand it as well as I, I w- would need to, I'm not going to play the game right now. Cause I don't have to. Right. Yep. Um, that's just been kind of like my safe way of, of navigating that. You know what I mean? And so like whenever my wife, again, my wife approached me. I was going to say, listen to your wife. Bro, she approached <laughs> me in like 2018. She was like, why, why are we not paying off the house? What are we doing? I was like, damn. Well, I don't know. I just like looking at money in the account. Like it makes <laughs> me feel good. Yeah. But like money in your account that's not being used, if it's not invested, what good is it? It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So if true. you don't use money, it's, it's, there's, what's the, sorry, if you don't use currency, what's the value? Yeah. No, and it, it makes, you know, feel in the night, makes me feel happy, but like, yeah. she's like, dude, we're paying interest. Like you're saying, we're just paying yeah. interest. Just yeah. pay it off. What are we doing? Yep. And again, I didn't want to do it. Right. I didn't want to do it. And then I did it and I was like, oh, wow, it's a weight off my shoulders. I didn't even know right. it was there. Right. You know what I mean? And being, being financially savvy, it takes time, especially like us coming in at 21, 22 and getting these large amounts of money. I'm like, I'm like Mr. Krabs, bro. I look at my bank account. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm just trying to stack, yep. stack, 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 stack. But actually learning uh, how to use currency, right. like you were saying, like we're talking about, and, and it's a and it's a continuous process. And if you don't know, like, it's, oh yeah, it's continuous. You know, process. we never, you'll never know enough. I don't even know enough. You no, know, no, yeah. no. Like well, you, you hope know, not. because you got know another anything. What, 40, 50, 60 years left. You, right. you yeah. hope you can learn more. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean, like we all hope yeah. that you know. But right. I do think, yeah. like, I I know you know probably considerably less than you guys about that world, right? Because I'm not in it. But because I don't know, I've had to I've had to use discernment and you know like whatever wisdom i i could find mm-hmm. to hire people to advise me so it's more of a vetting process of the people i put around me than it is my knowledge of the subject right because like i don't understand the stock market right i understand enough to have I a conversation you're but not like, a professional I, but i don't understand it yeah, like everyone says well, i understand like you don't understand it but <laughs> none of us do yeah right yeah just understand enough to be able to have a conversation with your financial advisor mm-hmm. but more importantly what's your process what does it look like for hiring that person? Because that's more important, mm-hmm. right? You can have a tertiary knowledge of the stock market, but if you don't hire the right people and use discernment to find people that are quality people who are trustworthy and who are going to you know, do right by you, then you're going to get screwed over. Yep, or, or at the very best, they're just not going to maximize what they should maximize. That's the very best of the downside if you hire the wrong guy is that they're just going to you're going to miss Play opportunity. It safe. But the yeah. worst is that you're going to get taken advantage of. Yeah. And I think that's like I've been fortunate that I have really good people around me that are you know like subject matter experts that I can talk to. Yeah, and, and that's I, one of the keys of leadership, yeah. though. It's like you Man. know you 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 never going like we have our own different gifts, right? That we're supposed to lead over our set of gifts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
other people have their own gifts that they're leading over their gifts, right? Right. And we need to find those people and put those people around us. So, I mean, I don't know shit about real estate, but if I if I got a question, I'm going to call Darius, right. right? If it's commercial real estate, and if I got a question, I'm going to call either Jeremy or my mm-hmm. boy Steven. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like, I, you know, stocks, right? I got a financial advisor. He offers right upstairs. Mm-hmm. I go straight to him if it's about right. stocks, right? Yep. Like, I, I think I'm pretty good at business, right, or entrepreneurship. Uh, but that's what I lead over is that. But other people, you know, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. You surround yourself around other people that can lead over those areas of your life. And right. that's, like, real leadership is knowing you only know what you know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are you only good at what you what you good at like right. we all got our set but all that stuff comes down yes. to like all those like the limiting factor for me was pride and fear so like all these things boil down to real fundamental like qualities and people that's the that's really mm-hmm. that's really like, the key like we're making i'm making decisions out of fear i'm making decisions or i'm i'm turning down things out of pride or i'm not learning out of pride like that's where a lot of this stuff comes from and and then it the like the consequence is tangible right like Man, if, if you can nail the fundamentals in your life, and I mean fundamentals in terms of like the moral things you should do, pride, fear, treat people the right way, like those fundamentals, if you can nail those, they can inform how you make decisions in the world. You don't have to be an yeah. expert in a field to have have success, but you will not have success if your fundamentals are wrong. That's guaranteed. If your right. fundamentals are yeah. wrong, you ain't yeah. going to have success. So if your fundamentals are right, you can still operate in a world that you don't fully understand from a technical aspect because you can evaluate the people that are working for you, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that when I did it. I was just raised well and taught how to, like, what I should be looking for in people. And, like, just, like, just mm-hmm. by yeah. watching my parents move, like, I just figured out how to, like, judge people. And, yep. you know, and my wife's real discerning, too, so we can have conversations like, okay, I want to work with this guy because yep. I trust him. Yeah, yeah. And then it's a book that talks God about blesses that. it, man. It's a book that I'm reading right now. It's called uh, "The Power of Character," the power of character in leadership. Okay, it's by Miles Monroe, mm-hmm. and he talks about how like everybody talks about these different uh, qualities that a leader should have, like consistency or dedication, or right, you know, all these mindset, you know, all these different qualities. But the one thing that people never touch on is character, and he t- and he touches on like how you know if you lack character. You can lose, you know, you're jeopardizing literally everything that you built, right? And he was like, you sh- you need to have values. Like, it's a whole section about values. Like, I'm not going to give y'all, you know, I'm not going to tell y'all everything yeah. about the book, but yeah. it's a whole section about values, and it talks about, like, you should have a set core values and principles in your life, and the people that you pick to be around you need to all have those same values and principles. Okay. So, I mean, exactly what you're saying, yeah. but, I mean, man that, man, that book is fire. Like, y'all should read that. Because you can't, you don't want to, like, I think we operate in the world of, like, we're all data-driven, right? So everything's statistics, and, and mm-hmm. it's a real methodical, like, scientific approach to any world that talks about business, right? Everything's data-driven. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Like, that's how we analyze things and determine what is and what isn't. But there's so much and i think it's just a general thing in life like there's so much that operates in the gray area and what 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 governs the gray area it's those moral things like character and um, honesty and integrity and like how skilled like we're very skilled in technical things right so we we can learn about business we can become a doctor we can become a scientist we can get really good at 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 set things and facts and data right but what operates in the gray 
what operates in the gray is like is is the character stuff. And man, that's a whole skill set that I think we don't value the way we should. Mm-hmm. Because if you get really good at operating in in that in that at the gray is I don't know if that's the right term, but like like uh, the science versus art. You know, the art would be more of like the character and getting a feel for people yep. and having intuition. Intuition. And, right. And yeah, discernment. Conviction. Right. And yep, conviction. Yep. All all these things yeah. that like are are skills in and of themselves, but they often aren't they aren't valued probably the way they should be. Yeah. Like it's skills that you're not born with though. I mean those are things that you have to consistently work on and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's that's a difference with those skills. You know, you have to develop right. you know, your principles, your values, your conviction, you right. know in, right. in those things. But these other skills is like God given gifts, you right, know, correct. Like you know, like yeah. some people have gifts in accounting. Some right. people is gifts in sports, like we were, right? Or we are, you know. Some people is gifts at art, singing, whatever. Like those are different gifts, but these are like different. So, like a good example, I, I think yeah. of sometimes when I talk about like the distinction between the two, and um, this may not make sense, but I think about it a lot. Uh, let's say something like is. Uh, something emerging is having like a catastrophe or a national disaster or something like that, right? Like data, the scientific approach, it, so the scientific approach relies on data, which means it, it has to wait until the data is gathered for it to make a decision. Mm. Right. So as if that's true, like, okay, I, I'm going to look at the, I'm going to look at the facts. I'm going to look at the data. Well, you have to wait till something happens in order to get the, that, those facts and data. Right. So you lag behind until you get the, the, the stats or the data to support whatever decision needs to be made. Mm-hmm. But if something emerging happens, meaning it's happening right now, like how does the facts and data, the scientific approach, account for that, the need for it to be handled in the present moment? It, it has to wait. It can't. So the yeah. response time is slow. The federal response time to a disaster is slow because they're waiting to figure out exactly what's needed and blah, 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 blah. So in our personal lives – when those emerging things happen mm-hmm. and we're waiting for the data to arrive, which we still should use it. I'm not saying we don't use that. We do. But in, in the, in the, the time between the event and the data being, you know, pre- presented so that you can use it, what governs that in the middle? And it's the answer is wisdom mm-hmm. because yeah. you, you may not know the data for how to act or what's one plus one at the time. You may not know all that stuff, but you do have those operative skills of wisdom. And you said it. And, and you, you said can, it earlier. You, you can make decisions to, yep. to fill in that gap based off of wisdom. Yep. And I don't think we, we give that its credit, like how important that is. Because, mm-hmm. man, there's going to be things that happen in all of our lives that that require movement. Well, it's just like, you, you know, know? The, the, the society that we live in, it, it, it almost pulls that wisdom away from us. We got all this social media. Mm-hmm. You know, it distracts that, that growth that we need to yes. develop in those specific areas because we're so um, we're so distracted by everything yeah. else that's going on. Right. And what I've realized is the older the older I get, uh, the more I rely on my intuition and my wisdom. And I usually keep, um, like for example, my uncle. You know, he's thirty nine. He's ten years older than me. And I really take into account for what he says to me because what he went through. Because he's mm-hmm. he's ten years older than me. He's had ten more mm-hmm. years of experience of wisdom. And so, like, I keep, you know, advisors, mentors, you know, whatever they are to you. Like, you know, I have a 70-year-old advisor because he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot, right? right? And so, as I've gotten older, I just, you realize, like, when your grandpa just say anything because he don't care. It's like, I don't give a damn what they think. 
And like the older I get, I realize like that shit is so true. You know what I'm saying? Right, so yeah. I really relied on my own intuition and especially transitioning out of the NFL because you're on such a pedestal, right? And then people will see you when you're done. You know, now I'm coming up on two years and I'm like, so what are you up to now? Right, and right, I remember, right. yeah, I was right. at my, almost, yeah, yeah I was almost, at, yeah. no, I was at my fiance's, uh, I was back in Cincinnati with my fiance's family and man, all her uncles is funny, man. Cause they be, they be asking me like, so what are you up to now? And they be, boy, they be in my pockets, boy. They be yeah. asking me all kind of detailed questions and I have no problem talking about it. I'm comfortable talking about it, but I've realized that like, I, I truly have a uh, happiness within myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's, that's, uh, it's key. It's key to, to finding out, to staying true to yourself, right? Because with social media, that, you know, we were talking earlier with LeBron and everything, you look, uh, you look for validation through others. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's when you start to get off track. You start to get misguided because you're looking for validation through others instead of having that peace within yourself. And that really comes from your own wisdom, intuition, and experiences. And I think we're blessed because we've been in, in uh, situations that most people don't go through that young. And so that's why I think athletes, especially professional athletes, have the edge because we have a true testimony from what we've been through. Mm-hmm. Injuries, uh, location changes, family, lifestyle, we've seen a lot early. And I think it just, I think it's an edge for us. And that's what I, you know, that's why we created the podcast to let athletes know, like, yo, like, you're really ahead. Right, right, you're right. not behind, you're ahead based on how you've been molded. All you have to do is shift your mindset to download a new playbook. Right. And I think all you have to, like, I think, you know, one part that athletes kind of miss out on is taking that step back and, and reflecting, you know, and right. Because I mean, you go through all these different emotions, cut, you know, released, benched, hurt, whatever. Um, and you realize how much that affect you personally. Right. Um, and while you're in it, it's tough to really decipher like you're like like how this is affecting you and how this is affecting your relationships, but once you really really spend that time and I and I can kind of already tell that all of us have done that spend spend that time and take a step back and and be still and think about you know and then grow also grow in the word like we're not doing this on our own I mean honestly right. like this is all God the how we've been able to develop and you know and find out who we are at this level, mm-hmm. but once you really take a step back and really you know, and really reflect on what you've, you know, been through and how it affected you, that's when I think growth happens. You know, it's a quote that says, pain plus reflection equals growth. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of the NFL Mm -hmm. players, you're going to go through pain, like eventually, you know, it's either you got released. Like we all thought Zeke would never go through pain. He's probably going through a painful time in his life right now, you know. But now it's time for him to sit back. It's time for all of us, you know, if you're in that moment, to sit back and reflect on it, okay? Like, I went through that. Like, I was cut by the Bengals, and on the whole ride home, I mean, I'm going through it. But that next two months, I had time to sit back and reflect on, like, okay, I really let this situation, you know, that I can't even control. Like, they released me, you know, that I can't control affect me in this way to the point that I'm like damn near not even getting out of bed. Right. You know what I mean? It's powerful. Yeah. And you so, didn't know if it was a good or bad thing. Right. You exactly. thought it was a bad thing. Right. Right. But it was a great thing. And then you reflect on it. Mm-hmm. Boom. You hit the next level after that. But you, you have to spend that time reflecting on what you like, yeah. how this it, situation affected you personally. 
it it kind of reminds me of what Kobe said about embracing your true feelings. You have to embrace your feelings of what you are at the time. You know, we're always taught to just move on. You know, something happens, like shake it off, move on. But like, yeah, at the moment you have to do that. But then later that night, why don't you sit down and think about what happened? Really embrace how you felt, you know, and then, uh, and then go from there. And that's, that's growth. That's what you're talking about. Exactly. But I remember Kobe actually talking about that, Mm -hmm. like talking about like, yo, like, no, I pinpointed exactly how I felt, and I addressed that shit head on. Right, 100%. And yeah. then I grew and moved on. I've grown that. I've grown in that area the past couple of years, like recognizing because, like you said, the move on thing. You, then you you limit what you're going to learn because mm-hmm. you kind of just like cut it and then go on to the next thing, and you never, like you said, reflect or what you said, mm-hmm. like reflect on what just happened and what emotion did you feel. It doesn't mean you feed that. It just means you. That's what happened. Yeah, you address it, or yep. it doesn't mean you're right. Then your your emotion that you felt may be wrong. You may be seeing this wrong, or you may be feeding the wrong emotion, or you know having a pity party. Like th- those may be real, but you should at least recognize what it is. Because how are you going to address it if you don't know what it is? Mm-hmm. And and like you can do that in between plays. I learned how to do that the last couple of years in between plays. I know that shit made Bro, you <laughs> when I, like when I have a bad play. I know that shit made you like, dude. It would wreck elevate. me for. It would wreck me for. A whole, a whole, a whole drive. Yeah, you know, or have an interaction on the sideline with a coach. Uh, you know me, like I, yeah, I'd have some <laughs> yeah. interactions. You know, yeah. like and it would, it would make a whole half. I'd be playing terrible football just for that reason. Yeah, and then I learned to be like, okay, this is what happened. What was my reaction to it? Now, what should I do going forward? How did I get to that point? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let me not make that same mistake again. Right. right exactly. Right. And just reckon, okay, that is what happened. But now, in order to be efficient and effective on the next play, that has to stop for now. Right. I have to right. move forward. So it's not the same as just cutting it and moving on because that's like almost just cutting and moving forward is it's like a you're not recognizing what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just nope, 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 block it out. You know, and then as I've gotten older I've realized like, man, the more you can evaluate you know how you've been through a situation and you get out of it and you're like, damn, I was supposed to learn that when I was in it. Mm-hmm. Like wouldn't it be cool if you could recognize it while you're in the middle of it? Because you'd learn way more. Like if you were yep. in the middle of a of a hard time in your life and you were able to have the recognition in that moment of like, okay, this is an opportunity to learn a lesson. What am I supposed to be learning right now? Where am I going wrong? Or what can I improve? Or what can I optimize? Like, it'd be cool if you can know that in the moment, yeah, yeah. have that perspective, yeah. as opposed to like six months later being like, oh, you know what I was supposed to learn? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you're six months behind the time, man. And and not everybody's a critical thinker. Like, we're critical thinkers. Yes. We yeah. we have these conversations. This is this is a regular yeah. conversation that we have. But not yeah. everybody's a critical thinker either. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You know, and, and, not. and it's a skill you can develop, though. But for us, I think it comes a little bit more natural because we've been through some shit. Man, and man I had a thought recently, you know, and I don't want to tell, like, a crazy, crazy long story, but this is literally this weekend. You mm-hmm. know, I was, I was, I was, I had a speaking engagement, and... You know, the whole time was I'm practicing for like two months to the speaking engagement. I'm rolling through it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm confident, you know. And then the speaking engagement, I'm talking about like I start off by talking about like where I'm at now, right? So, you know, and then like, hey, I'm, I'm not saying this to boast. And then I backtracked about wh- what I went through. And the first topic that I went over was how my dad left when I was two, right? And just haven't really had a relationship with him, haven't had that father figure. And as I'm reciting it, practicing it, I'm killing it. I'm like, man, I'm I'm cool. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I noticed as I'm up there speaking in front of people that this is, you know, this has been like this unresolved trauma that I haven't addressed. 
because as I'm speaking this in front of people, I'm like, it's hitting you. No, I'm choking up. You know. Yeah. At the like, I'm. I just started the speech. The first couple points, and I'm just. I start off talking about my dad. I'm starting to choke up. I'm like, oh shoot. And like literally right after I sat down, I was like, oh dang, I need to address that. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I just keep pushing it off, pushing it off. You know, blocking that whole period of time out of your life. You know, even you to had the point, to, right? Right, because I had to, right? But even mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, I used to tell people that I didn't have a dad back back in the day. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, I, I probably need to address this. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just because yep. it never hit me that hard until I was really up in front of people right. actually speaking how it affected me, right? So, I mean, just like what y'all are saying, people don't critically think. Yeah, but it's just in that moment I'm like, bro, okay, I I need to address this situation for sure. No, even for like gratitude though, like for gratitude for like your parents mm-hmm. and like your grandparents and your sister and your brother, and it's like, oh, they're just part of our lives, and then we get old, right. and then it's like, man, I wish we would have did this, I wish we did did that, and it's right. like my senior year, I uh, introduced my grandpa to the team, you know, and I talked about how he's influenced me. And, bro, I started crying, bro. And I was like, what the fuck? I started crying, bro, because I realized how much of an influence he really was, you know. And uh, and then I realized from that moment that no matter what, like, gratitude. Every time I see them, it's like, hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you the man. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, it's not hard. You know what I'm saying? It's not hard. So I, I think in all aspects, it's like we, we should always reflect. And what a cool thing for your kids to see that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what you're talking about, like. And, like, yeah, it'll be good for you, you know, to, like, kind of clear out that space in your mind and resolve something. But then what a cool witness to your kids of, like, however you choose to address it, like, they're going to see that. Mm-hmm. And, or you're going to tell them about them one day. Yep. And, like, that'll be a cool thing for for them to know about their dad that, like, look at what he was able to, like, right. move forward right. from in the right manner, you know. And, like, because I think about that a lot, too. Now, like, I have a responsibility to address things as they happen or to mature because I have a daughter and I'm gonna have another mm-hmm. kid. Like it's just she pregnant again? Yeah, she's doing August. Yo, oh my congrats. god. Hold congrats, up. Do you know boy. gender reveal girl. or no? Yeah, another girl. Another girl? Let's Ooh, go. Girl. You're about I'm to be just good. like me. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're having another girl. Like once yeah. once my our first daughter was born, I was like, Girls oh, get your hearts. Man, it's, she's just hilarious. Man, girls know? is a blessing, bro. Yeah. Oh and my she, gosh. They're so sweet, you know. And two, how old is your how old they is your better man? My yep. our daughter Eva is two. Oh, so they're about to be they'll fighting. be like two and a half years old. They but they Heart, can fight you know? a lot. <laughs> oh, it's gonna <laughs> be awesome. Bro, my, oh, yeah. And bro, my. The, and and oh yeah. And their mom too. It's gonna be hilarious. Like Yep. Lauren interacting with Eva already. I can already see it. You know, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be hilarious. I don't feel bad for you. But it's gonna be great. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be the good guy. I'm gonna be the good guy. I just know it. It does exactly how I am, I'm man. My daughters guy. fight all day, bro. Yeah. But it's dope. To, it's dope to see it because yeah. they really love each other. But yeah, they're so close. Yeah, and they're yeah. gonna be like they'll be they'll be 30 years old doing an adult version of that, and right. it'll be yeah. so funny to watch. Be like, I remember when you were three years old and you guys used to fight. Like, exactly. You're gonna have all that. You know, they're gonna be yeah. they're gonna be super close when they grow up. Oh, and yeah. I feel like girls, man, they just change you. You know, like even just being around my nieces and my cousin, like they just change when you hold them. They just change you. You know, boys, it's like, hey, man, get your ass over there. You oh, know, <laughs> like, I know, like, bro, chill out, bro. <laughs> so, like, like, I, I, like, man, I wanted a boy mostly so I could just be like, be rough with him, you know? Uh-huh. But like having a daughter and then, you know, having another one soon, like, man, I had to, to do so much more work on myself. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't, you have to like, everything you do has to be relational. Man. You know, like, mm-hmm. you can't just be like, go do this. Like, she'll just be like, no. 
yep, yep, you know, yep. so I have to like, you I have, have to, to spend quality time man, with him. And I, man, I have yep. to apologize all the time to a two year old, you know, because daddy was an asshole. I'm sorry, baby. You know, like, like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's made me realize how much more work I got to do on myself. Yeah, man. I didn't realize how impatient I was until I had a kid. Oh my God. Like it just teaches you the way it is, man. You know? Yeah. I'll find out at some point, man. I know we're coming up to our time limit, bro. I mean, honestly, I could sit here and talk to you all day, bro. Uh, and we, you know, like I said, just being drafted, we we were drafted a year before you, you know, after you. What? Yeah. We was after him. Oh, yeah, after. My yeah. bad. I meant you were drafted oh, yeah. a year before oh, okay, us. Okay, my bad. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, hold on, what? <laughs> but, no, I mean, even playing with your older brother at yeah. Eastern Michigan. So yeah, we talking about that. He talked about you. You know, yeah. I, I remember watching, like, the Alamo uh, game. Oh, and I was yeah. like, yeah, he's like, yo, that's my brother. And I was like, I was like, damn, that's what's up. And then being drafted and meeting you, yeah. you know, I could definitely see the Swain personalities for sure. You guys always have some good, cool insight. Some cool insights. Lots of loud opinions. Yeah, man. But no, I mean, it's you dope know, to see the yeah. man that you shaped out to be too, though. I appreciate you know? it, bro. Because yeah, I, I mean, that. we we all seen each other grow. Yeah, and yeah, from arguments to actually sitting down having like a real conversation, you know, bro, that's the coolest thing about football. That's the coolest thing, you know. Like, I went to two years of junior college, and so that's when I really like. That's when I really realized what a locker room was because mm-hmm. there was dudes from like. Bosnia, there was dudes from Alabama, like there's just people from everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And so many different personalities and backgrounds, and you know, like that's the cool thing about sports, man, is you get you get to have conversations that you would never have outside of that locker room, and you mm-hmm. can say things that you would never say in public because you know who you're talking to, and you there's like a trust, there's an element of trust and respect there that supersedes everything, you know. And so, like being able to watch you guys, like. Like like you said, just in like in our like just how our conversations have evolved over the years, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like that's so cool, man. And and like seeing you become like a father, like because you became a father before I did, you know, and like just watching that progression has been super cool. Um, yeah, man. Like DJ, you've always been like the steady like the steady like old yeah. head. You know, you were old. <laughs> you're, you're, Damn. Like, how, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 29. Okay, me too. Yeah, but we're I the same like, mate. You're yeah, two I months just, older. Yeah. yeah, so I'm older, but like you just you got like you just got like yeah. that. You got an old. You're head. an old head yeah. too, though. That's why we get along. Right. Two old heads. Right. <laughs> but like I've always I've always liked that about you guys, and so like watching that, watching like you said, watching this, watching us grow up. Like I had the privilege of watching my wife grow up. I met my wife in high school, and so like watching, I grew up with her, mm-hmm. and seeing the woman and now like the mom and the wife she is, and like, dude, what a what a blessing that is it's been in my life to be able to see that. Right, right. You know what yeah. I mean? And yep. it's the same thing like with you guys to watch you guys become like the men you are. It's like you're talking about like fears of buying homes as rookies and stuff. Like that was just us being immature and not knowing anything. Right. Yeah. And I'm still yeah. immature and don't know much. It, we all but are. you can see the progression. Yeah. It's like, oh cool, man. I I can't wait to see what I'm like when I'm thirty five, forty. Like oh, hopefully yeah. I've I've been progressing and hopefully we all that's the goal, right? Is to get as mature as possible as quickly as possible. That's the goal. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? And when we're when we're old too, first of all, when you get that house built, we you gotta invite us over. First oh, I know. Of all. Yeah, yeah. First for sure. of all, are you probably but, gonna be like only like seven minutes away from me? Yeah, I don't think I'm far. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't either. I'm getting up there too, but I'll probably be. We'll see where I'm at in proximity to y'all. Yeah. But the more I'm looking, the more I'm like, damn, I'm about to be way out there. But that's fine because you know everything's coming. You know what I'm saying? It's guaranteed. But anyway, 
man, it's been dope, bro. I can't wait. We got to have you back on, especially maybe next year this time. Yeah, that'd be great. Because, yep. you know, I know a lot is going to happen for you. And so, yeah, man, sure. yep. once again, I don't know. I know you don't have social media, so I don't got to nah. tell anybody to follow don't you. Follow it, huh? <laughs> hey, nope. who do you think that's in this area? Like another, you know, a thinker that you think that we should uh, have on this podcast? You know somebody we played with that came to mind the other day that I was like, we got to have on? Just because he's, he's just dynamic is, is Tavon Austin, bro. I think Tavon would <laughs> have some. He'd be awesome. He'd be awesome, bro. You had the ski mask on. Yo, <laughs> like Tay, Tay is just like, you yeah. know, we play with him. Big yeah. personality, you know, first-round pick. You know, Tay's done a lot. I think he'd be a dope guest. He'd be fun. He'd be yeah. really fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm about yeah. to text him right now. I'm trying Look, to think. Does he, <laughs> yeah. does he live in the area? He, McKinney. Oh, he does. He lives in McKinney. Fuck. Yeah. He yeah. lives down the road. I think there's so many guys that live here that I don't even know that live here. Because, like, I'm not, Half the I'm not moving in that world, so I'm just, right. like, I'm out of the picture. I don't see nothing, you know? Yeah. 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 That's good, though. But, man, once again, Jeff, bro, it was a pleasure to have you on. We yeah, definitely have you, you back. No I, no, I appreciate you, And we're going to continue having these, these conversations off the mic. No doubt. No Already, doubt. bro. Yeah. Until next time, my dog. Peace.